This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A very good evening uh, to everyone. And thank you uh, if you're joining us live. We often, uh, when the four of us gather together to do the main podcast, we often do this in person. But this one's uh, on virtual. Um, and we're going to be, and it's also live as well. We're doing it live as well. So a good oh, evening. Oh, you didn't tell you. us that. It was live. <laughs> <laughs> good evening, Jason. How are you? The Lord himself. Living the dream. I've had the kids all weekend. Amy's been away. She needed some much uh, needed rest and relaxation. So she left me with the kids. So it's been, uh, that's why all my hair's going now. Flipping Jonas. Is, is she coming around. back, Jace? Is she coming back? That's all we need to know. <laughs> she got back about an hour ago. So uh, she's oh, really I'm straight up here <laughs> on a podcast. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we had, a, we had a nice weekend. Fantastic evening, Manny. How are you, mate? Evening, I'm fine. Yeah, busy. Sunday's always busy. I try and just focus a little bit more on the faith. And, you know, um, thankfully it's a free weekend for us. So, um, uh, yeah, I haven't really watched any international games or anything. So I've just been football free this weekend. And we're also going to be going over to uh, Dr. Paul Mansell. And as this has been mentioned many times, James Eden said it's just occurred. Paul Mansell looks like a lot like... Diogo Jotto. How many times have you had that, Paul? But a few random people come up to me at matches and say it, but my response is I wish I could play like him. Well, we will be fine. We'll be finding out soon enough. You don't look like Diego Costa. We'll find out soon enough, won't we, mate? Because we've got a we've got a charity event that we're organising for the foundation, and uh, you know that's going to be announced hopefully really, really soon. Is something quite exciting. Uh, the agenda for tonight it was going to be the pre-season podcast, but obviously um, it was called off, postponed last minute because my mom was taken poorly and obviously um, passed away three weeks ago. We do have the funeral on uh, Tuesday. Uh, I know quite a few of you have said, you know, about uh, donations and stuff and flowers and things where we're just doing family only flowers. And if you did want to make a donation, my mom 
did pass away from uh, heart failure in the end. So it would be, if you wanted to, to do any contributions, it would be to the British Heart Foundation. Uh, that's what she wanted. So if any of you wanted to do that uh, to support heart uh, research and stuff like that, the British Heart Foundation would be the place to, uh, uh, to do that. Uh, we've got a great agenda. It was the pre-season podcast. It's now going to be the new season podcast. And um, as, part of, uh, as part of that, uh, we're going to be talking about the early season form. We're going to be talking about Gary O'Neill first impressions. Uh, I know Manny wants to get talking about the leadership team, so we'll talk about that as well. Uh, we'll talk about the transfer window and goals. You're also going to get our season predictions. Uh, and towards the end, we're going to be... Uh, Jason has got the new book, which is absolutely fantastic, um, which we're going to tell you a lot more about. And if you want to get one of these fantastic uh, new books, Tales from the Tape, Volume 2, um, stick around for that, because that's going to be fantastic to hear about. And then uh, Manny, as, as, as always, has got lots of fundraising going on. Um, you know, he was... Um, at the Wolves Women game, raising money for the foundation on Wednesday. And there's more details that you can tell us about uh, the next Samosa Saturday. And, of course, Manny uh, Miles. And we'll get, we're going to be talking about that. Now, just before we get stuck into it, guys, it, I need to tell you about this fantastic uh, deal that we've got at the moment with uh, NordVPN. NordVPN, uh, basically, you know, we've got a deal where you can get a massive discount with them at the moment. So I'm just going to put this up on the uh, on the screen uh, and just tell you a little bit more about this because I've used NordVPN for ages when I go abroad on my phone, when I go um, watching stuff on, my, you know, different things and stuff like that. And people can find it really, really useful for protecting your privacy and that sort of stuff. You can put it on your TV. You get one subscription for the year. And we've got a deal. If you go on to NordVPN forward slash always wolves, instead of paying um, £184.52 for the year, for two years, you're only going you're only going to need to pay £67.23, which works out at £2.40 a month. And it works on all your devices in your home, iPads, computers, mobile phones, TVs, the lot. And it's super quick. And it's really good. So if you ever fancy watching American Netflix or things like that, you can tap into all of all of that. The link's also in the description below. So let me know if you're using Nord. I know a few of you are. Right, let's get stuck in. Jason. Jason. Gary O'Neill in post. How are you thinking it's going with him at the moment? I mean, you, you can't lay any of the blame at Gary O'Neill's door too too early on in the season on the basis that he's only had a week pre-season to work with the players um yes he's got some new incomings now and i suppose we can we, we you know he does need to be judged but you know as early as the season is at the minute you know i don't think we can judge him um i suppose at the time it was a bit of under, an underwhelming appointment um but i think we had to make a quick decision it's clearly someone they liked and fancied because, yes, I say it was a quick decision, but this this situation with Lopetegui has probably been brewing along for a while where he's unhappy and, and we could tell that by the various media reports. So, um, for me, you know, I'm, I'm completely trusting in him. From what I've heard from him in his um, 
post-match interviews, you know, he seems very methodical in his thinking and the way he speaks and he communicates very well. So, you know, that's all a positive. He's a good young manager. Yes, you know, he, he briefly had a go at Bournemouth, but once again, it was only a, a short period. So, I'm fully behind him. Um, the, the, the least now we mention about Lopetegui, the better, because I think we all got excited on, on what it was going to be like underneath him, and it, it really flattered to deceive. So, I'm fully behind Gary O'Neill. Um, he hasn't had the greatest rub of the green so far. Fantastic performance against Manchester United, first game of the season. I thought, you know, Wolves really applied themselves well. You know, we, we was robbed at the end. We was attacking well. Plenty of shots on goal. Um, the the other matches, especially the Palace one, I was so, so, so disappointed. But it's a long guard season. We've got Liverpool coming up. I just hope now that, that he looks at some of these new players that he signed. I know Enzo's literally only 18 years of age, but it's important he bloods him in very quickly, I believe. Because normally they don't do that with these 18-year-olds, as we've seen with Silver. Normally they're given time. But I don't think we've got time on our side at the minute. And... Secondly, you know, just give the lad a chance because with this squad of players as it's been, you know, played four, lost three, won one. It's not a great start to the season. So I think we need to make some changes pretty sharpish. Absolutely great points. Manny, over to you next. And by the way, Manny, I, I saw Manny on Wednesday night and yeah. he's got the new away top, the pro edition, and he absolutely rocks it. That it goes so good with you. My son bought it me, man. I'm a replica buyer, I am. He goes, Dad, you've got to have the pro. And to be honest, the it is chalk and cheese. When you put them side by side, when you buy just the replica, it's a decent top. But when you put it side by side to the pro, you think, wow, it shows all your bumps off. <laughs> it's It says... Very honestly, it's really well made, and um, uh, I, I do like it. I don't like the I don't like the red one. It still hasn't grown on me. The red one. I've seen people wear it, and it doesn't seem like um, it still doesn't seem like a wall stop when you see red red tops around oh, modern years. I'm really not a fan of the red either, to be honest. I mean, yeah. like you guys, you guys are watching it live in the chat, or if you're watching it back on catch up in the comments, do you prefer the third kit or the or the red kit? Didn't they say it's got an Iberic slant to it, which is obviously Spanish? So we had all this done for Lopetegui. <laughs> and then he'd exit. <laughs> been I, know, brilliant. I, know. I know. But yeah, the third kit looked, uh, looked really good. Uh, yeah, so take, picking up on the points with Gary O'Neill, yeah. man. Gary um, O'Neill, you know what? Start of the season, I sort of said knife edge appointment, you know, and I still stand by that. I think the problem he's got is we've lost. Three out of four. So if that becomes four out of five, five out of six, six out of seven, then he wasn't an appointment that fans had the chance to get behind. It was sort of made behind closed doors very quickly because they knew what was happening with Lovatagi. We sort of didn't. He gets sacked one day, next day we get a brand new manager in. So we haven't had a chance to speculate, talk about who we'd like, who's available. It's literally done and dusted so for me um that puts much more pressure on him unfortunately i would like to see him get time um but i just think you know for example i mean liverpool at home it's a tough tough game you know but then you got luton and then you've got to, you've got to be picking up points haven't you you've got to be picking up points because if that turns into five defeats out of six then the pressure ramps up even more. So, um, however, the hierarchy might be with him. 
you know, owners, we've seen in the past, everyone gets a bit nervous. Oh, my God, who have we appointed? Is it, you know, because if you look at our home games, mate, it's one of the most horrifically hard starts you could ever imagine. You know, you've got Liverpool, then you've got City, then you've got Villa, then you've got Newcastle. So it's like, you know, there's no respite at all. You're, you're, you're facing some really top, top clubs. And I just hope for the sake he can get a, a home victory more than anything. You know, we've we've played a couple at home. and oh, Sorry, we've only played the one, haven't we, Brighton? We've only played yeah, the one. played four and we've had the three. <laughs> that's that's three strange. I don't know how they work that out. So we've had three away games. On the um, tactics, I have to say, apart from 10-minute spells against maybe Brighton and um, Palace, the rest of, if you take those 10 or 15-minute madness bits, the rest of it has been fairly encouraging. OK, our, uh, Everton away wasn't a very good performance, but we dug in, we scrapped, we defended and we scored. Man United was pretty sensational, let's be honest. Um, whether that was, some people say, oh, well, that's the end of the Lopetegui pre-season, blah, 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 or if it's anything to do with only time will tell. Um, against Palace, I thought, you know, for long periods, especially that first half, we were well in that game and everything looked right. He has made, obviously, good calls, but he's also made some that we question. For example, the, you know, taking off an extra, taking off a striker when we just scored. Yeah, when we just scored and he takes a striker off. That's all that Palace need to give them a bit of a lift to go again. So I think he, I'm pretty sure he sits back and thinks all, because he's probably thinking, like we would, if we get a point at Palace, you know, Everton and Palace, two away games, four points. Yeah, we're on the board. So we're not far away from actually an okay-ish start. If we'd have got a draw at Palace, we would all sit here thinking, okay, we've got four points, four games with United and, and, and Brighton. Maybe that's all we could probably expect. But I just don't, don't think he will get the time that other points, appointments would because of the way it's happened. Um, uh, I just hope, um, uh, you know, obviously fans stay behind him. You know, if you concede a couple of early goals against um, Liverpool and suddenly, you know, things aren't going right or the pattern of play doesn't look right. Still think we haven't really decided either on the pattern of play. So I'm still waiting for O'Neill to really pin his, you know, he has, in the cup match, he went to three at the back, didn't he? And he sort of um, bought an extra defender in. Is that to play in that style? We've got wing backs that suit us, maybe with a three, with Doherty and, you know, even Aitnuri and Smado and people like that that probably pay better as, as, as a wing back. And so I think there's still a lot, a lot um, that he has to get right and do. These two weeks, I think, are crucial. Two weeks without even though a few of his um, players have gone abroad, most of his players he's got, like especially the new boys, and he can he, he can try and get um, get them into the team because we need a bit of a boost. And this Bellegarde, you know, is the sort of a, a little bit of a hope for me because he's a midfielder he looks, that's he got. Looked that, he looked good in that training video. He looks like mate. I, I, I've looked, looked good in training videos. Trust me. <laughs> and I, training and videos. I mean, He'd, Gary O'Neill looked good in that training video. He <laughs> actually, <laughs> but you know, I, I, I'm hoping like again the substitutions have. Come, I mean, the substitutions, the signings have come in obviously late. Um, you know, and we, 
obviously Doyle, it, I thought he'd be involved in the in the last squad. It obviously got a knock. He should be back after the international break as well. So we've got hopefully a couple of creative players in the middle of the park, which I think we were lacking. That hopefully will get integrated. Paul, over to you. Um, I mean, it'd be really interesting to hear your kind of reflection on the appointment and how it's gone so far, and your sort of uh, what your start, what what you're picking out of uh, what he's taken so far from the games. Yeah, I mean, focusing on the appointment for a start, I actually felt it was a pretty positive appointment because if you if you cast your mind back to last August, Bournemouth had just lost 9-0 at Liverpool. Um, was it under Scott Parker? Yeah. And then Gary O'Neill came in the next game and got a goal to straw against us. If, if you'd have asked any football fan in the country at that point, are Bournemouth going down, 99% or, or maybe even 100 would have said yes. He kept them up comfortably in the end. They nearly finished above us. Do you, um, do you know that they just as a as, just as a point of um, order, they were actually 16th when he took over. They wasn't in the bottom three. And they finished 15th, I think. Yeah. I mean, it was early in the season, but before a ball was kicked, everyone was writing Bournemouth off. And then they, they lost 9-0. And then everyone was yeah. definitely writing them off. Um, and he has... I've, I've heard people saying he's got a bit of a reputation as being pragmatic, but... There were performances under him uh, with Bournemouth last season, like Tottenham away, where they won 3-2. Really good attacking performance. They did a job on us, didn't they, at Molyneux as well, with a with a 1-0. Um, so when he was announced, I actually was fairly encouraged. I mean, it didn't blow me away, like a Lopetegui-type appointment. But then who are we to really demand an elite manager when we were bottom half of the Premier League team right now? So, yeah, I mean, it didn't have any major complaints about the appointment. And I think so far from his games, it's probably yielded roughly what we expected in terms of points. If you're really optimistic, we, you know, you might have hoped for four or five. We're on three, but it should have been more than three, shouldn't it? After that performance at Old Trafford, especially. So I'm neither really concerned nor really, really excited. I think we're about where we are at the moment. And I just hope this international break has come at a good time for him with the new sign-ins coming in to start to forge that identity that we hope to see over the next few weeks and months. Oh, it's a good point. My thoughts on it is that when it was originally rumoured, I was like, what type of thing? But, you know, I was like that. But obviously with all the stuff that went on with the, the Lopetag, which we're not going to go over, you know, and, it, you know, we've heard stuff on that. He's coming, he wants the job. He's coming very, very short notice. I mean, only last week he brought in another coach. So he's still been building his backroom team as he goes, really. Yeah. Um, one thing I was I was worried about with um was would we be we'd be just sitting back and putting ten men behind the ball and openly nick something and like what I mean that's what Bournemouth did against Wolves when they won one nil. I mean it came off it was one shot on target which come off his knee and they beat us, but we couldn't break them down. But that shows a lot of good organisation. But the Man United game, I thought he could have easily have gone to United and gone, let's just they were so positive. And the way we ran with the ball, he obviously encouraged them to do that, to go out. Um, and we played really, really well. Um, some, yeah, and we should have we should have at least got a point, if not more, out of that game. 
The Brighton game, as Manny mentioned, apart from the 10 minutes in the second half where we just sort of fell apart, one, two, three goals, we had chances at 1-0 down, two real clear chances which we didn't take to go 1-1. If they'd have gone on half-time 1-1, who knows what would have happened in the second half. Uh, and we could have collapsed as well, but we did come, we did fight back a bit, which showed character. The the Everton game uh, was just after the Nunes, um, obviously all stuff going, and we missed his creativity. I know, like he's gone and he down tools, and he will get without a shadow of a doubt a really vocal uh, a welcome back mm. to Molyneux by the fans when he does come back. But we we saw where we we missed him in that game because we didn't have any creativity, we didn't make the runs. The second half come, the, the change of eight Nori, we started to get belief and then we got the goal and we got the win. We always, you know, Wolves' manager's first win, the last three managers, has been against Everton, I think, uh, and we always do them. And then the Palace game, like what Manny mentioned as well, I thought I was the first 20 minutes against Palace, we were so comfortable in possession. We looked so in control. Um, you know, and then obviously Saar does that, what Saar does from time to time. And then they sort of like changed the momentum. They should have scored Kilman off the line. And then even the start of the, of the second half, I thought we were like first five or 10 minutes. And then they scored that goal where they just got round the back of us. And, you know, and then we kind of like, you know, fought back. And then he made a good substitution with Wang. And then he made the substitution, which in hindsight, I think he'll reflect on. Bubakar had his chance. Look lost. We lost control of the game. Uh, we've lost Manny for a second. <laughs> his, his internet's gone. And then, um, and then obviously we we ended up uh, losing the game, which is really really disappointing. The Blackpool game, I thought was quite positive. And I, I know it's Blackpool, but how many times, Paul and Jason, have we lost those sort of games in the Carabao? I always say about these games, <clears throat> you can only beat what's in front of you, Dave. Um, and I think in, in the especially the position we're in, you know, we're not we're not challenging for titles. We've got to play our best side in these competitions, um, you know, especially to give us half a chance. So you can only beat what's in front of you. It was a convincing win. It's minutes for certain players. It's also confidence, you know, when when Silver scores and a couple of the other lads, it's a confidence booster. So and yes, in the past we have had a banana skin against these teams, and there's nothing more frustrating if we'd have lost to Blackpool there'd have been a certain sector of the crowd going, what's O'Neill doing? So, yeah. I, you know, I think I, I think it's important uh, that you do play your best sides. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the one, the, the, I think he's got a bit of time on his hand, uh, Gary O'Neill, um, because of obviously coming in late, that we have got that result, that we have played well in games, but we, we did look vulnerable at the back. The new defender that's coming in hopefully will help. Uh, the two creative midfielders hopefully will help. And but is it Bertrand or, or whatever? He's, I can't think of the guy's name. Uh, the the extra um, if the extra um, midfield, the two midfielders. Well, oh, Enzo, that's it as well. So it'd be interesting to see how that one pans out. But these are all four new signings, which are got going to have to have time to bed in. Um, yep. Paul. Um, you know, how do you think he's going to integrate them into the squad come the Liverpool game? It's really tough, isn't it? Because a lot of these players are, are unknowns to us. They're not they're not Premier League players that we know and recognise. Some people may have seen a bit of Doyle last season on loan at, at Sheffield. Um, so we probably know a bit more about him. 
but I don't think we'll see wholesale changes for that Liverpool match. Um, I think if anyone comes in, I know he's had a knock, but he's probably the most ready to come in. I mean, he's had a good summer away with England under-21s, hasn't he, as well? So, yeah, a lot of unknown quantities, really. But I was pleased that we actually did some business because if you rewind back uh, two weeks or so, it looked like our only sign-in really was going to be Doherty and and Tom King, the third-choice goalkeeper. So, late flurry of activity, I think, um, was somewhat unexpected. But I'm glad that we actually managed to get some people through the door that can help us. Yeah, I think you're right. And what's your take on that, Jason? Yeah, like I said, I think it's important that, that, you know, there's no competition for places. You know, I was pleased with the signing. There's been polls online and people are going, no, no, it wasn't a very good window. Yeah, because we haven't been signing players for 30, 40 million quid. But look, you know, that that hasn't put us in the best of health neither. So I'm encouraged by the signings. Um, Matt Hobbs, clearly, I'm a lot more confident in Matt Hobbs than I was in Scott Sellers. And I think um, Matt Hobbs has his eyes on these players. We're now going into the South American market, which is, um, here he is, our new signing. I apologise, uh, device overheating. <laughs> Carry on. Device overheating. It looks like, you, yeah. it looks like you're doing that on a potato, Manny. What's <laughs> going on? Like my hate on is late tonight, mate. I've, my laptop's packed up, so I'm on a phone. And um, uh, anyway, carry on. You're on a Nokia. Um, but yeah. yes, yeah, so we, are, we are penetrating the South American market now, and a lot of Premier League clubs are, are, are leaning that way. So I, I'm encouraged by the signings, especially the defender, because we're all talking about the creative attacking players, and that is important because we do need to feed balls into the box for Kalidi, who we know is going to be good in the air, and Silva. But equally, I think the, the worry is, and, and if you look at the first four games, the amount of goals we have conceded, the worry is that the defence. And I don't think it's as strong as it's been. So I think it's encouraging that this player's come in. So at least it keeps the players on their toes. Absolutely. Manny, we've been just talking about how yep. you can integrate the four new players. Uh, yep. We'll talk about the goals in a minute. But if you could just talk about how you think he's going to integrate the new players after the international break. And also, I know you want to then lead into this leadership roles that you wanted to talk about. If you could sort of lead on that. Yeah, no problem. So, you know, it's quite clear that we went into this season just devoid of goals and we wanted a a solution to our goal scoring. Now, we haven't properly found that yet, but guess what? All five strikers at the club, if you include Huang, Fraser, Silva, Sasha, Cunha and Huang, have all scored a goal already in one game or, or, or another. And that's... That probably didn't happen all season, last season. So, we have got um, people up front. We just don't know how to play them. I feel like sometimes we've got too many sub-type players, like Silva would probably be good on the bench, and so would Sasha, and so would Huang, and, and, you know, and who starts, and which is a perfect combination. But I think we've suddenly got options there. The worry for us has been now, suddenly, we've um, uh, got this... Um, soft underbelly, you know, and not just the defence. I just felt Lamina and Gomez, as good as they are, the longer the match goes on, sometimes you feel like there's a drop-off. And maybe that's, you know, they get they do get pick up a lot of bookings because they're so 
in your face and once you've had one booking you're probably you know hanging back a little bit or not diving in as much as you should or making that um clever professional foul on the halfway line to stop an attack because that means you're gone um it just seems there's something wrong there and Dawson and Kilman have been very similar at the back you know there's not one that covers the other they both seem to just play in on the same line you know there's not one goes behind if one goes forward or and and we seem to get caught out in in the center of our goal as well so teams are like sort of coming through the center as well so that's that's a bit of a worry for me now we've got totty on the bench who's never put a foot wrong we've also got this um, yeah he's he does he, he does everything really well. He, he clears the ball. He heads the ball out of the way. He's probably got a little bit more pace than um, Dawson and Kilman as well. So him and this Santiago Bueno, who I don't know much about, I know they conceded 55 goals last season, his team did, which is sort of par probably for the position they finished in. Didn't really play this season for them, so it became available um, you know, really hope he's sort of the answer, but he seems like another big, tall defender. So whether he brings him in, whether there's going to be this shot switch to a three at the back, something needs to happen at the back a little bit. And 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 leading on to that is, um, you know, when you concede, you just want somebody on the pitch to be the organiser, somebody who just pulls people together, gets them together, maybe does a little bit of a huddle again, just, you know, I'm and obviously... Lot, I am missing the huddle, that's gone. I mate, you know what? That. Honestly, I think it makes a difference because we used to Connor Cody for years and Connor, Connor was, you know, captain, fantastic. He had his own way. He shouted for England and, and literally, you know, it, it sort of G'd a lot of people up and it also G'd you up as a fan. Uh, Ruben was slightly different, but he did his his um, uh, performances on the pitch, diving around, bodies in the way, protecting the defence, running back into his penalty area. He he played like a captain. And now I'm looking at that pitch and against Palace, I'm like, I was looking and as soon as we conceded that second and you could see a little bit of head, heads go down. You think, who's the person going around everybody and just geeing them up and saying, come on, lads, get your heads up or pulling people or shouting at people or or having a go at somebody for not making the right runs. And we don't see that. And Kilman, or, you know, yeah, no, not every captain needs to rant and rave, but we're sort of at Wolves. We're used to having our captains having a bit of a go. And, you know, what he, he strikes me as um, uh, somebody who can probably feel the burden of being captain and all he needs to concentrate is defending and being a defender. Mate, I said, I'd use an analogy with Joe Root when he was captain of England. His batting suffered. They made Ben Stokes the captain and Joe Joe Root starts scoring hundreds every other game. And and I don't know whether it was because he was already a vice captain, whether he was already, you know, sort of in that. But I see people like Lamina, who's... a much more natural looking captain as in he seems a bit vocal obviously Dawson seems fairly obvious to everybody but something there because he's not even in the so-called leadership group which is Lamina and Sarabia you know so Sarabia you do see him in the videos talking to a lot of the new signings probably because he's the only one who can talk their lingo so there's probably a good idea to have 
somebody from you know Spain or Portugal in your leadership team because he can get around, especially those new players. But I do worry about the on-field captaincy when things are going a bit wrong, when we just conceded a goal, just to regroup, manage the game, tell each other what we're going to do now to just, and then we've conceded two, three, you know, twice we've conceded a, a glut of goals very quickly. And um, that's not a great habit to get into, is it? It's not, and 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 you know, Max just people people do pick apart all the reveal v- videos, you know, and they say, oh, he's just standing there, he's not really. And people will, people will do that because you ask, you look at your captain and you want to see him on the training videos. And uh, you, you look at Connor Cody, the way Connor Cody was as a captain. If a new signing came in, Connor was all over him. He was laughing and joking. He was like, you know, um, he was the one with the arm around him, showing him everything. This is this, this is that. Kilman just ain't that type of person, just doesn't seem that type of character. No slight, that's just the character he is. He's not. You know, I'm pretty sure he's not banging the door down saying, make sure you please make me captain. It's obviously being selected by the, the hierarchy or the players. And I just think it's um, well, something it, that needs looking at. Yeah, and no, I mean, obviously, Gary's come in um, and obviously Kilman signed an extension of a contract. Possibly part of that is that we're going to keep you on as captain. He didn't want to rock the boat. I mean, when was it that it it came in and... Um, back in the day and made the bomb squad the captain and changed the dynamic. He wants to keep that dynamic. Jason, the leadership team, managed yeah. up. I think it's a really, really good point to talk about. Leadership <laughs> off the pitch, leadership mm-hmm. in the game. Watch, watch, what are you seeing? What's your views on that? And then we're going to come to Paul and, and hopefully Paul can talk a little bit about the psychological side of things to do with that leadership. Um, historically, um, and you can go back 10, 20, 30, 40 years, there's always been in and around the squad a leader, you know, in terms of there's been an obvious choice. Whereas now that isn't that in this squad, in this group of players, for me, there doesn't seem an obvious choice. Um, and I think you're quite right. That's why it's fell at sort of Max Kilman's lap, really. You know, I don't know if it's been a show of hands in the dressing room, but um, for me, it wouldn't be the obvious choice. Um, for him, I don't think he, like, you know, he's not going to be standing up saying, I want to be the captain. You're quite right, Manny. So it's a bit of a strange one. I suppose that the one player you would look at, and this is only down to his experience, would be Craig Dawson and say, well, do you know what? You know, it's the Premier League. Um, your lead from the back is a defender. He would be the, the obvious choice for me. And I'm surprised that he's not even in the leadership squad, to be honest. Um, I, I suppose I can understand Sarabia once again with the language. But, but equally as well, he's got some experience and he's, he's a good player, as we've seen now. You know, he's he's uh, he's coming good. <clears throat> but, yeah, I, I don't think there's a leader. We've had Cody, Neves, you know, of late. You can go back, you know, as far as the McCarthy era uh, before that, obviously, Paul Ince under Dave Jones. Yeah. And there's always yeah, been a real captain, Carl Henry, Jody Craddock. These are people that would put their neck on the line, that would stand Paul up Butler. Yeah, absolutely. For me, mm-hmm. and we say, you know, there's no huddle. And I get that. And I'm sure there is a benefit to it. There's clearly a read. I mean, I think these things have just been watered down. I don't think it's been a conscious effort. Should we do a huddle today? I think at some point it's it's been watered down and almost forgotten. I don't think they've subconsciously gone, oh, we won't do the huddle anymore. And I, I think it's an opportunity thing. I do. Well, <laughs> I think he's the one that stopped it. It stopped with him. <laughs> 
the, yeah, yeah, possibly, possibly. The thing that, that's been frustrating from my point of view, and I think we, we mentioned it briefly, touched upon it last time, was a video that went out there with the, the, the when the players come out onto the pitch. Oh, you could see, yeah, I think it was the, Bright- the, the Brighton players running out yeah. and out like ambling out. Uh, and the Brighton players, you know, looked up for it, running out, chests puffed out, you know, and then we come sauntering out, and it, I don't know if they've had a bollocking or what, and, you know, they're hunched up and body language is all over the place and they're just looking around and they don't seem to be, you know, they should be fired, they should be coming out to, 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 to get something yeah. to win that game. And it, that, so that for me was, and it was at Molyneux and you just think, you know, come out and just, and what, what Wolves used to do <clears throat> under Nuno, I'm not harping back to the other eras, but, you know, on the sidelines, Matinho uh, and the coaches, they've been doing sprints, getting ready for the game, you know, getting the, getting the, the blood pumping. They don't seem to, to, to be doing that anymore. They seem to just be coming out and, yeah, I'm sure they're organised. I'm sure they've spoke about what they need to at half time. But for me, the urgency isn't there. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, I think, it's, I think you make some good points. Paul, I, I really like, obviously I know that you, you, you know, you've got your doctorate in this, the psychology side of sport. Um, and if you don't know, Paul uh, is actually, um, is, teaches at Staffordshire University uh, on the subject of this and, wider afield as well the psychology of the leadership team in terms of like the off-field and on-field captain what have you seen in the performances that you've you've watched so far this season and what is lacking do you think from a leadership do you agree with what Manny and Jason are saying or do you think you know that's you know superficial I'll try and keep my answer quite concise because I could talk for quite a long time about this Probably the first thing to say is that often the issue of captaincy is more important for the fans than it is within the club itself. Um, we see it as quite emblematic. We see it as a, a you know as a real big thing, maybe, and the players less so. Second point I wanted to make is that it should be a collective responsibility. It's not just down to one person who's got the armband to get people going, to organise people, to motivate people. It's anybody can do that. So I think it should be encouraged, you know, that others should be stepping up as well, not just Kilman. Um, a slightly linked topic, maybe, and it was mentioned in commentary against Crystal Palace, is the other lads have said there's not much to choose from in terms of other leaders. And linked to that, there's not much Premier League know how, really. Um, we've lost Ruben, who's played, you know, 
probably getting on for 200 games for us. Lost Connor. These are players who've got lots of know-how. And if you look at a lot of our players, they perhaps don't have that same level of Premier League know-how or experience. But coming back to the, the psychology of it, a real, um, in terms of the theory, a real key theme is can a leader bring people together? So it's not necessarily about a good leader being, being born as a leader to be this tub-thumping, chest-banging leader, this great man theory, as it's called. The most modern way of thinking is called the social identity form of leadership. And in that theory, good leaders, effective leaders, make people feel like they belong to the team. And when they do that, it makes them try harder. It makes them see stress as more helpful, all these kind of things. And my reservation about Kilman, as nice a guy as he is, does he, does he bring people together? Does he make other players on the pitch feel like they want to go the extra mile for the team? So that's just some of my reflections, but I'll probably cut it short there because I could talk for a long time about it. Mate, this is, you know, Good really, point. really, really insightful. And I think it's really interesting because you're right on the cutting edge of psychology and sports psychology. So I think it's really interesting for all the fans to understand that there are different forms of leadership. Um, it's not just, as you say, about banging the chest and stuff like that. And I'm going to obviously come back to, to Manny, who's moved again. <laughs> Mate, you know what? I've had to know. I've opened the window, put my phone next to the window to keep it cool because it says it's overheating. <laughs> I'm going to upgrade from the Nokia. Is there, what's the next phone after the Nokia 3310? Have they bought another one? <laughs> the 3320. Play- Manny's been playing Snake, hasn't he? Oh, God, the good old day. Uh, yes, I'm going to come back to you guys on, on what Paul's been saying. But, Paul, I think it's really important uh, how you sort of putting that across. And from your point of view, that you're looking at Wolves and the leadership team, what style of leadership do you think Max brings to the team? What's his style and, you know, what's his strengths? I don't know him well enough to, to comment. We can only judge from what we see as fans on the sideline. He seems calm. He seems in control. You don't see him get flustered. You don't see him um, with poor discipline. So I guess what that might lead to is that you you hope that he leads by example, that his, um, his behaviours are contagious amongst the other players in terms of being calm under pressure, in terms of, um, you know, not getting carried away, not getting in referees' faces, not losing the discipline. So that would probably be my opinion from looking at him from the outside. But the other guys have mentioned, and this is so important, it's not just on a match day, it's the stuff around the club. So Connor, um, when there was a new signing coming in, before they'd even got to the training ground, he'd get hold of their mobile number and start start texting them, saying, welcome, if there's anything you need, uh, I'm your man type thing. And I think that kind of... Um, Max might well do that himself, but those kind of behaviours really make people feel like they belong to that group. And when they do that, they try harder, they perform better and so on. So the short answer, I guess, he would probably be a leader who leads by example so that others follow that. That's a really good point. Manny, back to you on what Paul said. Um, I think about yeah, what it is, is, is like for fans, we can only judge on what we see. That's the thing. So there's a lot of stuff, obviously, we don't see. 
So someone like Connor, we just mentioned there, texting people. He was pretty obvious. He was in your face. He was, he was mm. like with us, the same way he was probably with the players. So he, it was obvious to us that he was that type of um, leader. And Max obviously doesn't show that. And at the end of the day, whatever type of leader we have, it's got to work. It's got to work. And when you sort of, you know, things happen on the pitch and and, it, and you think, you look around, you do, don't you? It's like when we're quiet in the crowd, when we're quiet in the crowd, we look around to somebody to start the chant off so we can get behind the team again. We do look around, don't you? And, and, and you've always had naturally some of the great captains, you know, right at the top of their game who have made it have always been pretty much seen on the pitch. You know that they're there because they're, cajoling and 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 it happens in all teams all all teams yeah i'll go to back to like you know the days of brian robson and people like that they were always you knew who the captain was on the pitch and yeah there may be different types of leaders but that different type of leadership has also got to work as well um maybe it is but is it um working like you said in behind the scenes because he's quite calm and he he's, he's somebody easy to approach and and talk to talk to things about, but on the pitch we need something as well. And I think the longer, if if our results go downhill, is something that naturally you're going to look at, aren't you? You're going to naturally look at it and think, oh, are we lacking there somewhere? And we shouldn't just sit back thinking that, yeah, that's it. He's just that type of leader. You should always have a look and see what, what can we do something better. Can we help him? Is there something that he needs? Is there another player? Shall we vocally and physically appoint a new vice captain? So we all know, yeah, Lamine is the, or Dawson is the vice captain. So there's another, you know, focus there for us. For example, if he walks off the pitch, who does he pass the armband on? We're probably all, we're probably all like, yes, won't we? I'm thinking, who, who will he give it to? So I, th- I just think it, it's not as, it's not the most important thing in the world, but I think, where we've gone into this season, sort of rudderless, lost our manager, last-minute appointment, we need to see leaders standing up. We need to stand up and be counted and say, look, we know it's going to be tough, but we're here and we're, and we're going to give it a right go. Um, and, you know, time will tell. Absolutely. Uh, Jason, just finish off on the leadership thing and then we're going to just talk about the goals. And guys, um, I just want you to know we will be talking towards the end of the thing. Jason's got the new book out and we're going to get an update on the Samosa Saturday as well uh, today. But and also, if you've got any questions for us for the panel, make sure you save them for the end and then we'll do you can direct them at any individual one of the panel tonight or all of us, but save your questions up for us for the uh, the last 10 minutes of uh, the podcast. Uh, so, yeah, Matt, uh, uh, Jason, just you want to finish off your thoughts on the leadership and then, you know, someone who's used, used to uh, scoring goals yourself and penalties and things like that. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about goals. Do you see that there's a, a an improvement? Do you feel more confident about Wolves scoring goals this season? As well, no. or are you still concerned? No, I mean, just to finish off on the leadership point, Manny, that's a good point that you've made. I mean, Paul, you made some fantastic points. Uh, that's a good point, Manny. In as much as you know, who would they give it to? I don't think there's enough leaders in and around the squad, in my opinion. And once again, there's not one focal leader. Whereas before, you could look at, you know, Connor or Ruben, whoever, Matinho, even, you know, a couple more, you know, Remind Sace. 
there was a, there was a plethora of, of people who could comfortably take the armband. Raoul, Bolly, you'd you'd give it to any of them, really, absolutely. because they were all like leaders on the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> and now that there clearly isn't um, with the strikers, that is one you know area I'm personally very concerned on. Um, you know, he's still going to be the answer. I keep saying, oh, I do want him to be the answer. Yeah, he scored against Blackpool, and you know, um, it was his other goal against. Um, has he scored in the league? No, the other goal he scored was no. he scored in the international game the other day. Yeah, right. he hasn't scored. Right. Right. So for me, I think the jury's still out, and this is a player now. We, I know he's been on loan and done well on loan, and the loan system does work. By the way, uh, you know, he, he looks stronger, he looks more mobile. He looks like he's got an eye for goal, but you know I haven't been to any home games this season because of holidays. But you know from what I've seen, he, he, he's missed. There's only missed been one, mate, apart from the black. Well, well, well. Uh, but yeah, the, I, did, I went to Man United. Sorry, but you know for me, he's missed a couple of easy chances in this run of games, which is which is frustrating. Uh, but you know, I, and I, I say this, and I might get pelters, but. I still don't think we've replaced Jota in any way, shape or form. And he was one, a real outlet for me, who could run at the defence, who could create a goal out of nothing. You know, we had a hat-trick in him, um, you know, and this is why I went to Liverpool. But I don't think we've we've really replaced him. The, the, for goals, the player we have got to look at, and I don't think he's everybody's first choice, is Wang, because he's the one really which, which makes it happen. He's the one which can put the ball in the net. He's got a bit of an eye for goal. Um, but listen, Kalidic once again he, he's recovering from a, from a huge injury. You know he's been out for a season. You know it's not easy to come back from. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean that's one thing over the windows we don't seem to go and look for it. You know I know every club in the league wants a twenty goal a season goal scorer. Every club we're no different. But other clubs seem to be getting them. You know, not every club, but other clubs seem to, you know, be attracting them and getting them. And But we just don't. So that's the frustrating thing for me. We, you know, we're always signing a midfielder. You know, there's no end of midfielders. But I just think we've really got to focus on, on, on getting... Jason, what's your, what's, your, what's your... I mean, this is the $6 million question, the goals. Who's your, your, who's your front two or three? For you, because well, oh. this is about the combinations and who you're going to get the best out of. Who's, who's your starting? Who's your main man? Well, I think Cunha and um, Huang are a given for me. Um, and then if we're going to go with three up top, would you go with Kalidic or Silva? And at the minute, I think I'll go with Kalidic. Um, and at, once again, I'm not getting on Silva's back here, but I'm just not seeing enough of him in a wolf shirt at the minute to justify starting as number nine every week. Um, I, I know that's his number, but um, yes, he did brilliant on loan. And I, I was, I'm really excited about coming back, and I still am. And he's still early days, but I'm just not, still not seeing enough. And, you know, forget the price tag now. That's, that's gone. That's done. You know, I'm just not seeing enough of him. Paul, same question to you. Um, obviously about the, the, the striking options. Who's your... From what you've seen so far, what's the combination for you that's going to get the best out of this team for goals? It's nice to have some options, isn't it? Um, it depends what formation they're playing and it depends on the style of football because if you're playing a game based around getting crosses into the box, then you've got to have Kalajic in the, in the box, haven't you? Because he's such a threat. And it is worth saying as well at this point that um, Neto's got more assists this season already 
than anyone in our squad got last season. Nobody Sorry, got I forgot that out. Nobody got in the Premier League as well. Yeah, at the moment, yeah. Yeah, he's got three. He's got three assists in his last ninety-five minutes. One at the end of Everton and two against Palace. So, I mean, I think Gary O'Neill's the kind of manager that will change the the setup depending on the match. So, I wouldn't be surprised if he went to a three at the back against Liverpool. Personally, I'm I'm quite in favour of a three-four-three because I think it allows us to play wing backs which suits the personnel in our squad. Probably shores us up a bit at the back, because that's been a bit of a problem. And it allows us to play Neto in that high, wide left position. I think he's um, probably the first choice of the attackers at the moment, based on what what we've seen in the last couple of matches. Um, I think you've got to find a place for Cunha in the, in the starting eleven as well. Uh, we really saw the best of him against Man United, the way he drove with the ball. Cracking mm. header as well against uh, Crystal Palace. Yes, you know, it was in vain in the end, but he was in the six-yard box on the end of the cross, which has yep. not been an easy thing for our strikers to do. And uh, as the other guys have said, you know, Huang is probably the best finisher that we have. So if you had um, Cunha, Huang and Neto as a front three, I think that would be quite exciting. I think Huang could um, play that right-hand role and track the left back when he when from the opposition when they come forward. Cunha's not um, a nine as such. I don't think anyone thinks that he is really. But could he could he drop off away from the centre backs and create space for midfield runners? Could he run in behind them? He's not a, he's not an interfeet type striker. Is he hold the ball up? But I he think... likes to have, he, Cunha likes to have the pitch in front of him. Yeah. yeah so... I mean, the, the conundrum is, you know, if you did play a front three, who do you have down the middle? And does that mean that... That would mean probably that one of Huang or Cunha has to miss out. But substitutions are such a crucial part of the modern game. So I think as a manager, you have to not just plan for your first... You start in 11, but you have to plan for your, your second phase of the game, the 60-minute the mark and onwards, really. So... Whatever team he selects, I think you have to have in mind what changes you're going to make as well at 60 minutes. Absolutely. Great point. And Manny, same question to you, mate. I know it's something goals that we've talked about for yeah, the last man. few years. Joe. Well, Percy did that article recently. He said um, uh, Wolves are going to be looking for a striker in January. Well, we've been looking for a striker for about four bloody years and we haven't found one. So it's not, you know, it's not... Uh, it's. <laughs> suddenly we're going to be looking for a striker and and it has been a problem but let's go on to the positive side like I said, all five of them have found the net, you know, even the young Fraser, Sasha scored two goals, that's pretty good that is, that's Raul and Costa's total doubled <laughs> for the season so we've got to look at that, Huang has scored two goals, um, Cunha scoring that header will give him a lot of confidence and that was all down to Kalajic being in the box. The defenders are so scared of Kalajic that gave the free space to Cunha. Uh, like I said before, I think we've got a lot of players that are perfect for the bench. Sasha's a really good player for, for the bench and you throw him on with half an hour to go and he gives you the defenders something different to deal with. Um, Huang literally plays all his great games or best performances you know, when he's off the bench and when he started, 
um, the other day. You know, it just didn't look looked okay. You know, and then he was back on the bench again. And um, so for me, it, we've got to find. We've obviously, got to find a solution. Um, and maybe it's time to give Sasha a go because um, Cunha is not a number nine. He's not a striker. He every time he plays a striker, we don't look. We don't even look like creating. When he plays with help, we look like creating. If you look at the minutes per goals when he's got a striker, two minutes per goals when he's completely on his own, it's it's, it's chalk and cheese, man. Honestly, you've got to have another person on the pitch supporting him. And I just think Huang, even though I think Guerin is natural, he gets in the positions. He's it, like Paul's just said. This game's about 16 players. It's not an urban man game anymore. You know, when, when a side doesn't make the fifth substitution, everyone looks at the manager and thinking, oh, he's failed to use one of his substitutions because other sides will be bringing fresh legs on. You know, you saw against Palace, they brought on two or three players that changed the dynamic. And when we brought on Sasha, it changed the dy- dynamic. And when we brought on Huang, he scored a goal. So I... I I've got an inkling. I've got a little bit of an inkling for Sasha and Silva, believe it or not. I just think there's something there that's completely and utterly untried. It's um, when they've been on the pitch very fleetingly on a couple of, I know they were only friendlies, just looked, because Sasha, for, for a big man, I'm really, really impressed. He can hold the ball up. He can hold players off. He's got a fair... It reminds me of Peter Crouch. Peter Crouch was a bit like that, where you you thought he was all gangly and couldn't really, but he had a decent first touch, and and he's got that type about him where the headers that even the headers that he makes might not be the cleanest headers and the the best strikes, but he's just got a knack of getting in the right place and getting his ear or his nose or something on on the end of a ball, which ends up in the back of the net. So um, maybe it's time to start him. Then obviously it brings where do you play Cunha? I think Cunha has, has been electric against Manchester United when he plays in that position. When he doesn't, he looks like he's completely out of the game and then he runs around a lot but never gets on the end of anything. So just got to, again, find the correct position for him. And, and remember, we've got Bellegarde, we've got Enzo Gonzalez. We have got lots and lots of options and that's what Gary O'Neill's job is. And I've just got inkling for Sasha and Silva maybe just to see what they can do because I just think especially against Liverpool, they, they won't have come up against a Sasha-type striker much this season. Um, it gives someone like Neto, your rubbish crosses can end up good crosses when you've got Sasha in the box. And that's what happens. He literally looked like not creating and then suddenly, bang, bang, you know, two goals. That Cunha cross was down to Sasha. So you could see two, two Crystal Palace defenders are drawn to Sasha Kalajic because he was in the box and that left Cunha with a bit of room, you know. And Cunha were on his own. A really good point on that. It was yeah. one of the points I was going to make with Sasha came on. They were so bedazzled by keeping an eye on Sasha that yeah. kind of Cunha got in thing. And that's that's good if he takes them away and then someone else can come in and score. And he does draw players to him because of his height and he's, he's dangerous in the air. And also Pedro Neto, you have to say, he can cross the ball. His range had been a little bit off going too long, but he started to get that ball being delivered into that, you know, that sort of like danger zone in between the penalty spot and the six-yard area. And we're getting goals from it and his confidence is going to be up. The, the, the thing with Fabio, I know people say about Fabio, he's not good enough. This guy is good enough. 
for me. His runs and his movement is fantastic. The only problem that he's got, if you look at the guy, he scored against Everton. Okay, he was disallowed. He was like an inch offside. He's an instinctive goal scorer. When he's got no time to think, he puts the ball in the net. The goals that he's missed... Some could yeah. say that about Diego Jota. It was a bit like that. All his best... He scored a lot of goals, but he, yeah. they were instinctive. Bang, bang, bang. And when, when he had a bit of time, sometimes, you know, they can go awry. awry so. Yeah, strikers don't like time. Well, they don't. I mean, they don't, uh, Jason. They don't. Uh, and or they, they should because they paid the big money. But, like, the one thing I will say about Fabio Silva, his, his runs gets him in the position to be in the one-on-ones what he's got to improve on is finishing and <clears throat> is finishing the thing. So, you know, there's an argument with strikers. Every striker goes on barren runs. We we see it. Does he pull the plug on Fabio Silva now when he's only had two or three, four games? He did score against Blackpool. Again, it was a good a good finish. Do you persist with him? And then the goals start to come. You know, who's going to get us 10 goals a season, 10, 10 plus goals a season? I'm going to ask each one of you there, out of all the strikers that we've got, who's going to get us 10 goals? Now, we don't know. Doc is he's on too. So if you want to include him, you can. But Jason, <laughs> who's, who do you think? Do you think Fabio Silva will get us 10 plus goals this season? Sasha Kalajic, Kuna. Who's, um, who's, I think who's, who's, I think he well because he just brings a bit of a different dynamic. Quang, I've, I've just thought about that actually because um, you, 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 I don't know why I didn't even mention Neto, <clears throat> but with with Huang, he doesn't want to be known as an impact player now. Player does, i.e., that was you know what Troy was known as in the end. But um, you know he, he, his game might be better. That's a brilliant point as well. That, that Paul made about, you know, the, the, the games being, you know, substitutions, how they're changing games, how, you know, finishes, as they call them, you know, game finishes. And, and to be fair, um, Huang might be better suited to that role. But, yeah, I reckon Cunha uh, for me. Cunha, Paul? It depends if who's going to play regularly. Uh, from, what, from our conversation that we've just had and looking at the comments as well, you know, Nobody's convinced about who is definitely going to start every match up front and be our number nine. Um, realistically, I'm not sure if anybody will get to 10 goals because if you look at history over the last three years, has anybody got more than six? You know, since since Jimenez's injury, I don't think they have. I think Fabio Silva will uh, come good. I think his movement is good. I think we have to play the ball to him earlier and in front of him, not to his feet. That's not his strength. If you're asking him to play up front on his own against two big centre-halves and have the ball and hold it up, that's not his game. But what is his game is making runs in between the centre-half and the full-back. Um, bit of movement in the box from crosses. Don't forget when he came on against Man United, he had three shots on target in 15 minutes as well. And there were there were difficult uh, chances as well. The key yeah, so was on an angle and stuff. That's it. Yeah, I, I have faith in him, but I think we have to play to to his strengths. So, short answer: I don't think anybody, hand on heart, will get to ten goals. Um, it would be great actually if we got a few penalties because um, there's there's lots of stats about how few we get away from home. Uh, in fact. The last time we had a penalty away from home in the Premier League in front of fans, not including lockdown, was January 2020. 
So we've seen that Cunha is good on penalties. So if we've got a few penalties, could he get could he get six goals from open play and four penalties? Possibly. So you're going Cunha then? Probably more likely than not because he I think he will play more than the others as well. Good points. Okay, so that's two for Cunha. Manny? I'll go Sasha. I will, because he hasn't played yet. Um, he hasn't started. Um, he scored a couple of goals. He's awkward. Um, crosses, rubbish crosses turn into good crosses. Um, I'll go for him. Fabio, again, you know, I agree with what Paul said. Um, you said that he does get into positions and he obviously he's got to finish. But uh, we didn't get into those positions. We didn't even get into those positions last season. So that's, that is a bonus. You know, that goal he scored against Anderlecht, he scored a lot of goals with crosses across the face of the box. A bit like that Palace goal, you know, that Palace goal, that first one when that cross came at the face of the box and that movement in between the defender and the, the fullback and he puts it into the net. Fabio makes those types of runs. We ne just never, ever crossed the ball in that position. And when we did, he was offside slightly against Everton. That type of low cross behind the defence and he sort of, he runs, he makes movements back and, and, and forth. So, Maybe there's um, something there, and that that type of finish will be more instinctive for him. It will be, you know, the ball just flashed across, and he just um, pokes his um, uh, foot at it, and he he can probably score. I don't whether he scores ten, I don't know, but if he scores five or six, and Sasha scores seven or eight, and Huang scores five or six, we'll we'll probably be okay. So because we didn't even do that, our strikers remember strikers between them last year. I don't think they scored, what was it, six or seven between them? It's ridiculous. So, um, on that note, we're not too bad. I think now what we're missing is actually goals from other areas. You know, Neto's got a score. He's 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 better than that in terms of his shooting. He's had a few situations. Sarabia has got to get the shot off as well, and uh, not Dilly and Dally. We've got Lamina and, and, and Gomez who aren't goal scorers. They don't look like goal scorers. So that third midfielder is going to be key, whether it's that Bellegard, whether You'll it's get, uh, Enzo, get a few off a couple of the defenders. Yeah, or Enzo Gonzalez, or it's, um, you know, we've got to take a bit of the pressure off as well. We could have a season where the only people scoring are our strikers. They're not scoring enough, but, but because we're not scoring from other areas. So, you know, um, we've got to do more as well from. Even though we Hwang scored from a corner, you know, we've got some big giants like Kilman and Dawson and Bueno's this new chap, he's quite tall, Totty's quite tall. So why why aren't we scoring more offset pieces and corners with height height advantage like that? Uh, Paul's very quite clear about penalties. A lot of strikers get twenty goals because they take penalties, you know. Mm -hmm. you know, three or four of their goals come from penalties. So yeah, um I'd go for Sasha, maybe ten goals. I just think um, we've got to stick with our strikers. It's gonna. I think it's going to be hit and miss. I think there'll be a, a lot of rotation. Um, and I'm just interested in, in this Gonzalez as well. He's another, you know, very tricky. Very at the moment we're we're all pacey as well as a good. We're all going man. for Neto, Neto, Neto because he's the one. And maybe this guy's the other one who who gives us a a Neto type player on the other side as well. So we've got you know a couple of prongs there and. Um, 
somebody cuts in, obviously. And hopefully the midfielders that we've we got coming in will get that creativity to drive through the middle of the park, which creates the space. Um, I, I can see the argument for Kuna. I, I like Sasha. I think he's got someone said he's got two in 10, 74. But just for fun, I'm going to say Fabio. Um, Go on, mate. You say Fabio. I know, just for fun, so it mixes it up a bit. Right, who wants to go first on the next one? Because this is going to be the season prediction. So, Manny, Paul or Jack. Jason, you've gone first a lot. Um, so, Manny or Paul, which which one of you want to go first on the predictions? When, and I'm going to shout them out to you. I have just spoke. Go on, give it to Paul. <laughs> Paul. Okay, first one. Where are Wolves going to finish this season? Think roughly similar position to last season, and I'd be fairly happy with that. So I'll say 14th. 14th. Who is going to win the Carabao Cup? Not us, based on our, our form in that competition. Um, I mean, you, you could almost give Man City as an answer to any competition, couldn't you? Because they're not just strong in the Premier League, but they're so strong in that competition. So I'll say them. Okay. Who is going to win the FA Cup? I'll try and say someone different to Man City. So it'd be good. It'd be great to see a team like Brighton win it. I mean, they came close in the last year semi final, wasn't it? They they got knocked out. Um, so let's hope. Maybe they can go one better, if not us. Who is getting relegated from the Premier League and who's winning the league? Man City to win. Um, relegated, I think most people will say the same two teams that I'm about to say. Luton and Sheffield United, I think most people will say that. I don't think that there'll be no hopers. I think they will pick up some points. I think they'll... They'll fight. I don't think they'll do the Derby County when they finished on 11 or 12 points. Um, because I think there's probably not much actually to choose in the bottom eight, really. So they will pick up points. But I don't think they've got enough to stop up. And I think the team will be Everton. Um, we've already beat them this season, which says a lot. Um, the going to do go get sucked this year. Yeah, they flirted with relegation for long enough. They've not got a goal scorer. Although they've signed um Portuguese guy, haven't they, for quite a bit of money. He yeah, might turn out Beto, is it? Yeah. Um, but uh, having seen them in person and seen them last season, I think they're a poor side. So I would tip them. Fantastic. Thank you, Paul. Um, guys, just make sure you save your questions up because uh, after we've uh, done this, we're going to be talking about Jason's book and then Samosa's. Um, Jason. Uh, yeah, um, I, I, I think we're going to finish around 15th. You know, I can't see us challenging really for the top half. I think it's going to be a long, difficult season, but I think we've got enough in the tank to make sure we save. So if we finish 15th, will I be happy with it? Well, I won't be over the moon, but, you know, obviously I'll, I'll take it given we've lost three out of the first four. Um, for the League Cup, I'm going to go for Spurs. Um, I think, you know, they've, they've, they've spent the Harry Kane... Money. Are they still in it? I thought they got knocked out. Oh, have they? Bloody hell, Jace. <laughs> have they got... Okay. Get out, okay. So okay. Well, sure. I'll switch it then. So, I'm going to go Spurs for the FA Cup. 
Um, you know, I think James Madison looks looks a really good player. You know, and I've always thought that. Um, so yeah, have they been knocked out? I didn't. Think, okay. I think they got knocked out. Yeah, they got knocked out. I'm sure I saw that they got. Some, can someone confirm that in the chat about? Um, yeah, so Jace can make his mind up. <laughs> no, hang on, I didn't get it wrong. I, I, I got, I've got the cup competitions mixed up. I meant to say that Spurs are going to win the <laughs> FA Cup. Yeah, and I think uh, you know what, Paul. Once again, um, I think Brighton. Yeah, I think they're 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 due something because very very well organised club off the pitch, and they're a very good outfit on the pitch, and they're definitely the best side we've played this season. Bearing in mind we've already played Man United at Old Trafford, um, Fulham knocked Spurs out. Yeah, so Spurs for the FA Cup, Brighton for the League Cup. And uh, once again, Paul, I think I've got to agree with you. Sheffield United and Luton, um, you know, they, they, they don't seem to have invested too much. Yes, they had good seasons last season, but this is going to be a long, long, hard season for them. You know, it really, really is. Um, you can't see past them two. And the one for me, and these are definitely... They're well overdue. They've paid their rent far too long in the Premier League, Everton. I think it's their time, and I hope it is as well. And what was the other? Oh, winning the league, Man City. Fantastic, Jason. And that was just a classic moment tonight. <laughs> Spurs winning the Carabao Cup, and they've already been knocked out. Love that. But it was, he did mean the FA Cup, really, didn't you, I Jason? Did. I did. did. Obviously. <laughs> Manny, over to you, mate. Um, where do we start? What are we starting um, with, Dave? Premier League Wolves finished. Premier season. League uh, winners, winners, Man City. They've won four, four out of four, not even out of first gear. Uh, you know, literally, if they if they can be bothered, they can win every single game. <laughs> Honestly, they, they they just seem that good with so many options. Unbelievable. And now they've got you know Super Matthias Nunes sitting warming their bench as well. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, 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 that I think this is the most obvious winners of the Premier League ever. I think I just think they're going to just steamroller everybody, mate. I tell you what, this is going to be the. I just got a feeling it's going to be the most predictable Premier League ever for winners and people going down. I just can't see it. So going down, Luton, Sheffield United haven't won a game. Have they? They haven't even looked like winning a game. Um, no, but I am going to, yeah. Burnley haven't either. Yeah, so Burnley is the one I was going to mention. I think it hasn't happened for a bit, but all three sides that came up are the ones that will go down for me. Um, again, all three haven't really strengthened. If they have bought players, they're not players that you think would jump out. Flipping heck. <laughs> Manic, <laughs> Manic, technical side of thing. Burn, Burnley... Um, who's the manager of Burnley? He weren't very happy. He's, he's, turned, he's turned money on his head. Com Vincent Company. Company. Where's he gone? I think Manny's fans melted. <laughs> and we'll that's come, screen burn. We'll come back to Manny in a second then. Oh, my God. Oh, dear. He's been having all sorts of problems. It might be the overheating. Um Anyway, we'll get back to him with regards to the uh, the, the Carabao, the FA Cup, and the uh, and the uh, Premier League, where Wolves are going to finish in a bit. Again, I'll, I'll come to me. I probably can't really say outside of um, of Manchester City, but just to be a little bit different, 
Oh, he's gone again. He'll be back in a minute. Just to be a bit. I'll go now. I'll just say Arsenal just for the fun of it. Just to just to be different. Uh, winners of the Carabao Cup. It'll probably be someone like Liverpool this year, I think. Maybe Chelsea. Um, FA Cup. Probably City. Um, I'd love us to have a good cup run, though. I'd love us to get to the FA Cup final. So you've got a dream, haven't you? Um, my three for going down. Luton, Sheffield United. And I really, really hope, um, no disrespect to Everton fans, but like I think it's time for <laughs> Coventry. No disrespect to Everton fans, but we hope. Yeah, I just think that I just think to be fair, it's their time to taste the championship because you yeah. know it, it might do them Especially good. Especially in that new stadium, it'll be like Wembley every week for the opposition. Yeah, I mean, it's you know what it's like when you go down there. It's not easy, and like they've been in the top. They keep saying we've never been. Right. I think it. I think you know they'll probably enjoy the experience for a change because it can't be good being an Everton fan at the moment. The last four or oh, five no. years, you I know, mean, it's, they'll, they'll it's win a lot of games. So I think Everton, and, and in hindsight, it might not be a bad thing from, and the fans might enjoy enjoy the uh, the championship for a bit because they haven't tasted it for ages. It did Villa good, and you know they've come back. We were there for centuries, so it's it's their turn. And I am going to be incredibly optimistic about Wolves, and I'm going to go tenth tenth place. And you might laugh right now, but people laughed at me last season when I said we'd get uh, we'd get. 13th, um, another laugh. Well, well, I, I think I said 8th last season, didn't I? <laughs> um, you might have done, you might have done. So we'll go there. Hopefully, Manny will be uh, will be back in a, in a bit. So those are, and we'll get Manny's um, um, League Cup, Carabao Cup, which is the same thing, the FA Cup, and uh, the position. Jason, save your questions up, guys, because we're going to uh, do in the QA before we finish. Jason, it's um, time to talk about. Tales from the Tape, Volume yep. 2. Over to you, my friend. Guys, so, we've got 250 of you here. Pin your ears back for this because this is good. Well, I've been working on the book now for the past uh, eight months. Uh, so I've put an incredible amount of time into it. Amy's so angry with me because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm forever got my head in the laptop. Uh, I've done a lot of research and a lot of work. 36 former player and coach interviews. It's in chronological order. So the first one's Ted Farmer, then Alan Hinton, Bobby Gould. And then we go into the 70s with, with Jeff Palmer, Willie Carr, King John, John Richards. Um, and then it moves through the 80s, the decadent 80s, one of my favourite eras. So we look at John Teasdale, the former striker. I want to tell you a quick story about John Teasdale. And then Dennis Conyard, who was a physio at the club, he tells some fantastic stories. And Greg Fellows who was a coach under Tommy Doherty. John Teasdale, for example, he only played eight games for the club and, you know, we don't really know, you know, it's even the most avid of an ardent of Wolf supporters probably couldn't tell you much about um, John Teasdale. But when he left the club, he ended up, I don't want to do a, a spoiler alert, but he ended up being Rod Stewart's chauffeur. I mean, it's just an incredible story. Now, you know, Jason, that, Jason, I just want to stop you there because... There are some fantastic stories, um, which I know that good thing. But like he's probably not one of the, the glamour um, people that you would think. But he's got such great backstories, oh. like you say. And, I think that's the one. And listen, don't get me wrong, Willie Carr, Jeff Palmer, John Richards, absolute legends. Um, 
but yeah, a lot of their stories have been told and people have heard them before. But you know what? I love, I love it when a player says to me, um, I haven't told this story before, Jason. And then and they put it out there. So we've got Jeff Thomas as well, who talks about his battle with leukemia. Um, we talked to John Pender, who's currently battling motor neurone. Um, Paul Stewart talks candidly about the the the, the child abuse that he, he, he so terribly suffered. Um, so he's quite life affirming as well in, in in many respects. Then we look at the the nineties. So I interview Bully Jackie Gallagher. I mean, Jackie tells a story about he was struggling with an injury, so he went to the vets, and the vets sorted him out. I mean, it's just honestly, he went to the vets. He went to the vets, and the vets sorted him out. And do you know what? Jackie, I sent it to Jackie Gallagher, the chapter. He read it, he gave it to his wife. His wife said, we're going to use his eulogy. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, here he is. He's changed room again as well. Mate, honestly, you know what I'm doing to keep this phone bloody cold? Oh, man. You haven't got it I've been, on Literally, I've been putting it under... It's waterproof, so I've been putting it, running it under a tap to keep it cold and plugging You're it back in. Please, haven't you? Where was I going? Where was I? Do you want to finish off? Okay, relegated yes. the three teams. Let's Luton. Just, um, go on, no, go on, go on. Luton, Sheffield United, Burnley. Um, what else was it? League Cup. Yeah. Um, I'll go for Arsenal. Um, yeah. FA Cup, I'll go for um, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um <laughs> Stranger things have happened. Yeah, you need some really dodgy, um, uh, you know, home draws and um, uh, the odd um, uh, uh, bit of luck. So I'm going to go for it. What the hell? And um, uh, Champions League, it'll be Man United, uh, Man City again, I think. They're going to steamroller it. And the surprise of the season, I'll go for Newcastle, where they'll flatter to deceive and they'll finish in the middle of the table. There you go. <laughs> I love that. Jason, back onto your books again, mate. Um, oh. All right, yes. sorry to disturb you. No mate. problem. No, 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 it's great. We needed to get it no in, man. So Dennis Conyard was a physio in the 80s. And, you know, once again, he tells some great stories that at the end of a match at, at Molyneux, he used to go around and collect the sock ties because, you know, they couldn't afford to buy sock ties. Greg Fellows tells a similar story. He was a coach under um, Tommy Doherty. And he said, obviously, Derek Dugan was chairman. And he said, you know, there was an away game the one time for the reserves. And they couldn't afford to pay the coach company. So we had to go up on a minibus and there was only 12 seats. We had to name himself the <laughs> sub. And then on the way back, um, they, they won the game. So we bought more fish and chips and then Wolves wouldn't let him claim the receipt back. And, and when you look at the club now, we signed in players 30, 40 million. And you see the state. Was Jeff Shee in charge then? Was Jeff Shee in charge? Well, to be honest, <laughs> you know, but it, listen, for me, it was, it was a great era. But then... Obviously, I said the book's chronological, so then we, we come up to, to almost present day where I interview. Yes, John Burridge is in the book, yet yeah, Budgie, I mean, Budgie's stories are just incredible. I mean, uh, uh, they're just incredible. Um, so yeah, John Burridge is in the book. Um, we come up to, to, to near on present day, so I've interviewed Jamie O'Hara. He was very candid in his interview, and Matt Jarvis, which obviously a lovely fella. And the last interview in the book, Steve Hodge, who was the coach under the bomb squad. Um, and he talks all about selling Maradona shirt, you know, and, and how he obtained it, etc. So uh, it's a labour of love for me. I, I really enjoy doing it. It's hard work at times. Um, but there's there's 36 completely different stories for so many reasons. I mean, Ted Farmer, you know, an absolute legend. I think it was 47 goals in 54 games for Wolves. I mean, that's just 
unheard of. Um, and he t- tells a great story about the, the FA Youth Cup semi-final against Chelsea. Um, and it's just, you just can't believe what, you know, you can't believe that these players are still around to tell you these fantastic stories. Ted's such a lovely guy. So Bobby Gould tells a story about his dad going blind and, and you know, how it, how it really upset him. And, and he, he got upset during the podcast. So I don't want to spoil it too much for people, but honestly, I'm so, so proud of this. So pleased. Wolves have already ordered 200 copies off me. Waterstones have ordered 50 copies. I've already sold 250 copies. So half are pretty much gone already. So I've only ordered a, a run of 1,000. I don't want people to have, have, have you received the, the actual books yet, Jason? No. So they're, they're, they're going for print. We're just finishing the, the, the cover and then they're going for print. Uh, all the content Amy's writing them next door. <laughs> And then, and then it'll take six weeks to print that over here, just in time. Well, way before Christmas. Um, so, like I said, we'll only have five hundred copies. I don't want people to miss out because it is, you know, I'm not saying it's a great book. I've really enjoyed writing it, and I won't put my name to anything I'm not proud of. And I'm really proud of this. Paul Berry did the editing. Sam Bagnall's got me some amazing photos. Uh, Simon Paget put the book together. It's exactly the same format as Tales from the Tape Volume One. And uh, yeah, go out and buy it. Support three great charities: the One P Three Six Family Trust, the New Cross Neonatal Department. And breast cancer now. The last book raised twenty thousand pound. So if we could, and the reason it raised twenty thousand, it raised ten thousand, and then an anonymous donor donated ten thousand because he liked the book that much. Absolutely. So uh, if he does that again, great. But you know, it's it's if we can raise anywhere near ten thousand pound, wow, makes a difference. Jason, how can people buy the book? Can you just drop WhatsApp me the uh, the link, and I can put the link up yep. as well. Dead easy. Talesfromthetape.co.uk. You can go on there now. You can pre-order it. And as soon as they get to my office, I'll have the envelope wrote out. Being an envelope, first class, you'll get it within a day of me receiving it. So Talesfromthetape.co.uk. So it's Talesfromthetape.co.uk, everyone. So make sure you check Write it it down, everyone. There's only 500 left. I want them all sold tonight. Brilliant. So, yeah. I'll tell you what, right, when, yeah. when, when they get delivered to the office, a thousand books in boxes, um, I didn't realise how much space they took up. So there was three of us carrying them around the office, boxes and boxes and boxes of books. Oh, look so at that. that. This That's is the, the website, yeah? That's the book. If you go onto the book, oh. you can order how many copies that you want. And Here's then the mug. We've got a mug as well. No, no, sorry, I'm saying there's the mug that's on the front of the cover. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> right. Yeah. So there you go. So just make sure that you uh, you check that out. How many copies are there left, Jason? So, yeah, so Wolves have had 200 or maybe, I think they might be having 250. They said they're going to start with 200. Um, so, yeah, I've already sold nearly 250 already to the subscribers, so there's about 500 left. And once they get here, they're definitely going to sell out before Christmas. I'm not giving it the big one. I've just timed it, so... You know, we've got the memorabilia fair coming up and they all are going to go. And actually, the first copy, because it completely sold out, there's copies of that on eBay now, 60, 70 quid. So I think they will sell out very quickly. Absolutely, mate. You've done a great job and you work really hard. And I say, guys, everyone, it goes to raise money for three uh, fantastic Every charities penny. that are very close to, uh, to the heart. Jason works really, really hard. Um, the one thing that I will say is some of these players, they're getting on a bit. And um, these are stories that only they know. They're like yeah. real insights into the time and stuff like that. So it's and the, the, I've got the uh, the first book. I've got having the second book as well. The quality of the book is 
in terms of the how it's produced, it's top top quality. It's a, a must for every Wolves fan. So uh, yeah. make sure you do uh, look at that. We will put something out on the Always Wolves socials in the next couple of days with the links uh, as well for you, Jason. Too. Thank you, thank you, Dave. Manny, um, I want to go yeah. on to you now. and guys. Save your questions up because we're going to do Q and A in a minute. Manny, um, Samota Saturday on a Wednesday. Yeah, lovely sunny, uh, lovely sunny night. The women three nil, great performance. Yeah, um, raise for that eleven hundred and fifty quid um, with a crowd of six hundred and forty six. So actually, it works out pound for pound more of a, um, a charity fundraiser than even the men's game. So it's absolutely amazing. Um, it was good to do. I've got a bit of a connection with Stowbridge. Know a few of the players and the manager. Um, um, so. Worked with my son at a school, and so you know it was a good, good derby to do. They, it was the the match was spicier than my bloody smokes, as I tell you. The manager got <laughs> sent off, one of their players got sent off. There was like a few, you know, um, it was a good, good night, very good night, a, su a sunny night, and it's something that Stourbridge want me to do for the return fixture as well. They've already been in contact, so um, oh, it's, it's, yeah, I did that I did it last year. I went down there and 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 did, did something with them at the War Memorial Ground. They're playing. It's a big step up for them, a very big step up. And, you know, they need all the support they can get. They are a local side, so I've got a bit of a soft spot for them. Brilliant, that was. Um, it's most of that day. great season, got promoted. Um, yeah. A tough game. But the, the you know what? I just say to people, honestly, if you're, if you're ever at a loose end, just go down. I mean, it's like free of charge for a season ticket holders, you know. And there were 650 fans there on... Players come out, they'll meet the kids, They'll, especially if you've got young kids, take them there and they'll meet the players and they'll take pictures. Even when they've lost or had a really bad game, they will still make time for the fans. So it's a good way of seeing football, you know, a very close hand. Um, uh, and, um, yeah, brilliant. So, yeah, Samosa Saturday, we were going to do against um, Villa, but um, Hibbs totally, unbelievably failed to turn a 5-0 deficit. Oh, so Manny's disappeared for a second there again. I think it might it might be his phone that's over overheated. So um he'll obviously be back shortly. I don't know nothing about Samosas. I can't comment. All I can say is that what Manny was going to be saying is that the uh, the Samosa Saturday, the next one will be against uh Nevet will be against not November, <laughs> will be against Newcastle. Uh, at home, I'm not sure what the date of that is, but is, is, is it in Oct is it in October? I think. I think it's the 26th of October. It's the Saturday. It's the 5:30 kickoff. So, I imagine we'll be in town from kind of lunchtime before the before the lead up to that 5:30 kickoff. Yeah, and is also uh, going. To, that's going to be for Dementia UK, which is uh, also something close to my heart. I mean, me and you, Paul, we always try and help out uh, on the store when we can on, on doing that. Um, as I say, my mom who did pass away from heart failure recently, and uh, as I say, she was early stage uh, uh, Alzheimer's as well. So um, it is really good because it's an awful uh, disease. But he's also going to be walking to Newcastle with uh, with his son Jeevan because he's uh, he's mad. <laughs> That's walk even That's further uh, than than uh, Chelsea. Hopefully, he'll be back in a minute to tell us a little bit more about that. Um, we're just going to go now to a Q&A. So um, 
if you guys want to just drop your questions in the uh, in the chat box, uh, then we can um, we can just ask the questions. You can have a question for Jason on his book or anything to do with football. We'll have Dr. Paul Mansell if you want to ask anything uh, for him, and hopefully Manny will be back uh, really uh, shortly as well. One thing that we can tell you that there will be another fundraising event that will be coming up, uh, which we'll be announcing hopefully real soon. Uh, the reason that we've not uh, boxed it all off and done anything major with it, obviously, is because my mom passed away. It's quite a lot to organise, but we're going to be doing a uh, a seven aside tournament down at Compton. Uh, with all the major podcasts and YouTube channels, uh, the foundation, in, and including the Wolves media team as well. Um, Jason uh, could be uh, batting for both sides, uh, but because we want to make it really interesting, <laughs> we've got players. <laughs> uh, I mean, he could play for us, type of thing. Obviously, as the main presenter here, and always Wolves. But like, we're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna be entering a Wolf whistle one as well, aren't you? Yeah, listen, um, I'm trying to rope a few big names in, you know, Denise. Obviously, I'm just checking my WhatsApp then, actually. So, uh, yeah, the Wolf Whistle team, because it's got to have a connection to the podcast. So, I've thought about certain players that I've interviewed, but I've sent a few texts out, so we'll see what comes up. But there's going to be a couple of ex-Wolves players in the team. Mate, um, l l guys, listen to this. This is before the podcast. This is, uh, this is Jason. He went... You might as well give us the trophy now, is what he said. <laughs> should I tell you off text, Dave? You what? Should I tell you off text? Go on. Jody Craddock, Adam Proudlock, Kevin Foley, Stephen Hunt, Chris Ivalumo, Simon Osborne, Tony Dinning, David Jones, Carl Henry, Dave Edwards, Michael Kiteley, and Matt Jarvis so far. <laughs> oh, yeah, no problem, mate, you know. And you I've know, still no got problem. a new Carl. Carla Kimi, Scott Goldborn, Matt Hill, Sylvan Ebanks Blake, and Johnny Gorman. If I can't get 10 from that, my <laughs> I'll have a go. Jesus. Yeah, you would be, we would, if we would, we'd have to like, that would make you favourites, to be fair. But you have to bear in mind that you will have uh, on our side, on the Always Wolves, you will definitely have me, uh, Dr. Paul Mansell, and Manny. And we do play really intricate triangles. So, we, you know. With the, uh, the Samosa connection and Listen, everything like no, that. Listen, you're, you, you're all good players. So, uh, no, it'll be good, Dave. And, and obviously, yes, it's, you know, these events, there's a lot of hard work that goes into them. But, you know, you'll put it off, Dave, and it'll be a great day. Well, I'm hoping so. And it, and, and, and it will be in support of the Wolves Foundation. Um, Brilliant. You know, we will be having the Talking Wolves boys, uh, the fan cast, the 1877, um, the Wolf Pack, and, and, you know, all of those really good good podcasts as well. Yeah. Coming, obviously, you know, and as I say, the Walls Foundation have got a team in and we've got the media team, so it's going to be really good. So your guys are kind of hearing about it first, but we've got to, um, there'll be some official announcements coming over the next week or two, but it'd be, uh, it's going to be down at Compton, so you will be able to get a ticket, uh, hopefully to come and watch. Uh, and the date, I'm not going to tell you the date just yet, but hopefully some of you will want to come and enjoy the uh the afternoon and early evening with us and uh, help raise money for what is going to be a great cause for the foundation and raise awareness for them. Manny's not made it back yet. Can I just say a big oh. thank you, Dave? Sorry to interrupt. A big thank you. There's a few orders that have just come through for the book. Thank you so much. Because Already? Already. There's, there's, I've just had another one now. So I, I think 
from just this day, there's been five or six orders come in. And that's great. And hopefully you'll pick up a few more because this will go out on the podcast uh, in the morning, as always. Thank Um, you. And then there's always, you know, normally a couple of thousand that watch it back afterwards as well. So uh, hopefully you'll pick up a few more. But like, it is important because it is a great book. And, um, you know, you've been kind enough, I know, to, to put my... Yeah, put my mom and dad's name in the book as well, which is sorry, absolutely, absolutely, Dave. Absolutely, which you didn't have to do, which is uh, yeah. really lovely. No, I think you have a day. I think a lot of you, Dave. You know, you, you do so much good. You support me. You've you've always supported me. You're a good bloke, and you know it's been so sad and difficult for you recently. But you know, um, we're all behind you, mate. Yeah, I appreciate that, mate. As um, so that that's really was a, a lovely touch, which we really appreciate. I haven't told my dad that I will. Um, oh. It'll be yeah, uh, be absolutely tough. Manny, uh, we were just um, obviously yeah, talking a little bit about that. Manny, <laughs> if you just want to, I've got to invest in new technology. My son's been away in India for four months. When he he's coming back tomorrow, so when he comes back, I'll, I'll get him on the on the case. Just update me laptop and my ipad and me everything's like bloody ios one i think <laughs> you want to finish off um you was it, is it the 20 26th of october is it the newcastle? 20, 28th um newcastle newcastle united at home 5 30 kickoff sort of um apt because it's like um uh, five sort of five years to the first one um against spurs which was an evening kickoff um so the home match against newcastle uh, uh, longer, longer. We probably need more samosas. Um, I don't know how, but we'll try. Um, because we always run out, and there's always a bit of, of a fight for the last one. So please come out, support the 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 cause, which I know you all do. Um, and I'm walking to Newcastle, so it's a Newcastle theme this season. It just I seems to be. Incredible. Funny thing. The funny thing is, this is out the blue, and it's not complete coincidence. That Dementia UK um, uh, have um, uh, struck a deal with Alan Shearer to promote some of their work. So he's now promoting Dementia UK's work. And it's just like, oh, my God. And they got in touch with me and they said, we'll try and uh, get him to sort of, you know, um, promote the walk to Newcastle. Brilliant. Brilliant. Obviously, you're not going to find big, anyone bigger than Alan Shearer in Newcastle to try and Brilliant. drum up support there. And they're the big club. And, you know, their fan base has never always been a fan base that everybody is like knows that really get behind, you know, their team and their, and their city. So, yeah, I mean, that, man, honestly, Dave, where do I start? Because I've been trying to plan it and I've been trying to, and we've trying to work it, work it out. And I've got, um, a very good friend who lives in Huddersfield who's going to help with um, uh, a lot of the stuff when we go through Yorkshire. So he'll be sort of following us and, and giving us supplies and we'll be staying at his. Um, but, man, some I've, honestly, the more I look into it, it just frightens me. Some of the places we have to literally walk. I'm pretty sure there's, like, beasts and all sorts in that, on that route. <laughs> Things that have never been found. Yeah, I'll tell you what, <laughs> this, year, this time we'll have to get you... We'll have to do a live um, mid-route uh, podcast with you. Oh, bloody hell, man. Honestly, it's, it, you know, and and the thing is, it is mental, but it already, I mean, literally already people started donating. Oh, a little bit. Oh, I haven't even started doing anything yet. And, you know, fans of, of all, all football clubs, not just Wolves, they're, 
I think when when there's a cause and when there's um, you know, Jason knows more than anything. People just, I mean, Jason mentioned someone called Simon Paget, um, who's helped him do, you know, the book. This this is another unsung hero behind the scenes. He's got his own company, but he does a lot. And he's he came up with the Manny Miles and and the posters, and he he came up with all that. Uh, you know, I'm not like that's not me. And um, he, you know, so you got lots and lots of people all around um, different levels, different fields who come and support and they make it happen for you. Literally, they do. Uh, yeah, okay, the walking's quite a big part of it. But, you know, <laughs> um, it really does, um, uh, it blows you away. And the more it, more people interact with it, I think the more energy it gives us to... We were shoe shopping yesterday, me and Jeevan were, like, looking for different shoes, what type of shoes. Pairs, mate, man, yeah. Inches smaller, shorter by the time you get to Newcastle. Man, honestly, yeah. and he, honestly, that guy doesn't know what he what's hit him because he don't even walk to the bloody shop, you know, over the road. And he's like, oh, I've done a few mad, mad things, and I've told him, mate. I said, when you start struggling, I've, I've got myself to look after. I'm going to leave you down the side of the road, and you can just ring your mom or somebody to come and pick you up, you know. And because it is, it's such a mental battle, such a um. You know, uh, you, you, you know, anyone who's done any challenge events, even when you look, run a marathon and do something really crazy, even though there's people around and they're supporting, it's only people who've ever run a marathon or done actually understand how the pain and the, the you know, so many times you just want to give up and not carry on because That's your body's just a reward at the end when you get when yeah you get i mean we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. cover this a lot more um, yeah no, there's plenty of time obviously it's, it's next march there's plenty of time for me to like completely do a runner and um uh, never to be seen again no no yeah it's north it's uphill as well right we've got some questions yeah. to finish <laughs> off on paul can you answer this first one um Gary Haywood wants to know how many of the new signings are going to play against Leicester? Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool, duh. Yeah, sorry. None from the start. We might see one or two off the bench. None from the start, one or two off the front. Um, okay, Jason, how many yeah, goals do you think Wolves will score this season in the Premier League? How many goals do you think Wolves will score this season in the Premier League? I don't know. 55. 55. Oh, okay. that'll do. That'll do, man. That'll do. I'll take that. Actually, now then, now what am I about Ribbing Egg? 45. 55. We scored in Nuno years, mate. We not even didn't even score. That <laughs> 45. <way>. 45. <laughs> Question for everyone. Manny first. What do you think the score will be against uh, Liverpool? 1-1. One, one. I'm going, I'm just, we've got to get a point at home. So I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. And that will be a huge lift if we do that. I agree. Paul? It'd be easy to predict a Liverpool win, wouldn't it? But sometimes you get strange results at the start of the season and after an international break. So maybe we can sneak it 2-1. No Van Dijk either. I'd like that. Oh, yeah, he's got his extended, isn't it, Jason? Uh, I'm going to go for a boring nil-nil. You can never back you know, back against your own club. So I'm going to sit on the fence there, nil-nil. Good deal. Um, there you go. No, three, two. No, no. I'm going to go three, two. Walls. Fabio Silva hat trick. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, turn it up. off now. 
It's time that to go. Joking, right? Like I'm being, I'm being daft, but like you never know. Time to go. Um, Ian Jevons says, Jason, two books of all. Two books ordered. ordered. Thank Bloody you. hell! Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Um, just trying to Brilliant. look down now. Any other, um, any other uh, questions? I got a player to oh, start oh, against oh, Liverpool. Bella, I've got a question for Manny. I've got a question Go for Manny. Manny, who's your internet provider? Because I don't want to use them. Right. <laughs> the internet's fine. It's the bloody hardware. Honestly, the internet's oh, fine. It, I've got this, I've got a quite a new phone, and it's literally it's just overheating. I don't know. Maybe having all seventeen social media outlets on at the same time wasn't a good. <laughs> Probably not. Probably. Hang on. Uh, what thoughts on Je Jesse Lingard? Yeah. I mean, listen. Let's be honest. No. So now, if we're going to sign Jesse Lingard, we might as well get Jermaine Pennant back. He's got that that get Gibbs White back. Get get you uh, know get. Yeah. He, he couldn't even get in for his team last season. So no. Jesse Lingard is a big fat no from me because we wouldn't be signing the Jesse Lingard that was at Man United four, five, six years ago. So no. Okay. Uh, trending right now also says pre-ordered the book, Jason. Thank you. Brilliant. Very, very kind. Thank you. I'm just looking. Uh, I don't think there's anyone else. Uh, someone here, Man United fan, as a United fan, I hope you beat Liverpool. He, he believes we can. After the performance against Man United, I could understand why he would say that. Let's hope. Um, so... Um, I'm just Maybe you just you know we we lift we always seem to lift ourselves, don't we, against those types of opposition. So there's, I don't think all hope is lost. No, absolutely. I'm just seeing if there's any other questions as I scroll down to finish off. Uh... Oh. So I think we've covered this, haven't we? Do we think uh, Fabio will final settle and start scoring? Yes, no. I think yes. Yeah, I'd say eventually, yeah, uh, one time he's 33. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I want to say yes, so I'm going to go with my heart and not my head, and I'll say yeah. Paul? If the team play to his strengths, then I think he can. Mm. I love it. Absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, so, um, guys, thank you ever so much for joining us tonight. We're at one hour, 45 minutes. Um, you know, make sure you order um, Jason's book, put a lot of work in. It's a must-have. Uh, Manny, keep up the great work with the Samosas. Yeah. Cheers. Thank you for all the support. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, and, and Paul, looking forward um, to taking on the uh, Jason's dream team um, in the uh, content crew. Dave, Dave, no one's replied yet. <laughs> 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 I think I've spoken a bit too soon. I'm going to end up getting flipping John Purdy and Mickey Arms. I'm going to have to go back to the 80s now. So, hey, Manny, you missed this Did you see the? Did you see the players who was rolling off? Who was messaged? Yeah, uh, you know, um, uh, all the ones recently retired. You know, like the Henrys and the Edwards and the yeah. We'll see. <laughs> and I said, I said, what you got to watch out. It's like part of our squad is me, you, and Paul, and we we play great. We play great triangles. Yeah, we do. We do. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, we we we, we, are we we bringing our tennis rackets that, that day as well. We, hey, I'm getting a bit confused now. Manny, can you right. some samosas there? 
Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's given in it. Yeah, they you you want you're going to use that to sell to try and get some players in it. Yeah, I know what you're doing. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> Like, listen, you lot are going to get samosas. There's going to be some like sleepy stuff in the samosas, so you can start to browse it off. <laughs> so you can... Good idea, uh, guys. Um, thanks ever so much for joining us. If you've joined us live, if you've watched it uh, back on catch up, or you listen to the podcast wherever in the are in the world, we do love your support. Um, sorry, obviously we couldn't do the pre-season one. I hope this has made up for it. As I say, it's my mom's funeral uh, on Tuesday, so if you do. Because um, as some of you said, you want to, are you doing flowers or something? It is the British Heart Foundation. So if you wanted to make a donation to that, um, that is what you can do. And um, hopefully you'll see my dad back uh, soon. I know a lot of you have been asking about him. I've been with him all day today. We've been doing a lot of work around the house, helping him tidy things up and stuff like that. Um, it's an emotional time for all of us, but we do appreciate the love and support. It means the world. So thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, uh, Lord Jason. Thank you, Dr. Dr. Paul. And thanks, uh, uh, Manny, for joining us again. And um, until the next one, we will obviously have another one um, during the two or three, probably uh, with, with us during the season. You've always got extra time as well and any special shows that we do. Until the next one. From all of us, this is number 160, by the way, podcast 160. Can you believe it? We'll be getting close to the 200 soon again. Need to look at something for that, don't we? Um, until the next one, always Wolves. Always Wolves. Thank you, everyone. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you're still the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.